Hi friends, it's been several weeks. We took a little hiatus because as many of you know, the Rogue Valley caught on fire. The Almeida fire completely devastated this community I call home, and it was necessary both for me and Eleanor to take some mental time to recover. We wanted to help our valley recover as well, which is why our September Patreon donation recipient is the Almeida Fires Latinx Community Relief Fund. This is a GoFundMe account that is putting cash directly in the hands of the Latinx community who were hit especially hard by the fires. So many people lost everything and this fund is aimed at helping those most vulnerable get back on their feet. Every month, we donate a portion of the Patreon proceeds to organizations supporting urgent causes, and this number only increases as we gain more patrons. If you are interested in joining this horny little community, you can head over to patreon.com slash thatdoitforyoupodcast to learn more. We have some new patrons to welcome to the team, so shout out to Sarah Shaw and Kenzie Bison. I would like to, of course, give a special shout out to our patrons, Jackie Perrin, Hallie Alspa, Alyssa Matthews. Happy birthday, Alyssa! Krista Umberfirth, Hannah Grierson, Grace Kent, Wiley Basho-Gorn, Strawn McStravick, Chandler Parrott-Thomas, and Dante Tapo. Thank you all for supporting this little show. We'll hopefully be back uh, to putting out episodes uh, once every two weeks, and we appreciate your patience as we took care of ourselves and our community. This week's guest is Sean McStravick. Uh, the next project you can catch Sean doing is actually our own drink-alongs with the Juvenalia Collective. Every month, we host a drink-along of a teen movie or a movie teens love, and then we donate the proceeds of that to another urgent cause. So you can check them out doing actor wrangling for our Halloween show, Hocus Pocus. I think that's all the news that's fit to print. So without further ado, episode 20, Star Trek First Sexual Contact with Sean McStravick. Do you want to rub on Simba's tummy? Or think that Spider-Man looks extra yummy? The pain of childhood is super funny on Did That Do It For Ya? With Aurelia Grierson. Hello and welcome to another episode of That Do It For Ya podcast. I am here with a very special guest, Sean McStravick. Oh, hey! Oh, hi! It's so good to see you. You as well. Where are you? In the world. I am currently in a basement in uh, the great uh, city of Minneapolis. Oh, wow. Land of 10,000 lakes. I think that's what the license plates say. Yeah, I moved here from Chicago at the beginning of this month, actually. Oh, well, congrats on the move. Thanks. What brought you to Minneapolis? A pandemic. Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. No, say no more. It's just, uh, it's a lot cheaper to live out here. And I have a family member who lives out here who needed some help. And since there's no theater right now, figured might as well. That is, yeah. there are worse reasons to move places. And uh, in the middle of a pandemic, no less. I love Minneapolis. <laughs> I went, my sister used to live there and I visited her and I saw a really good production of the Six Degrees of Separation. I greatly look forward to once again being able to see <laughs> theater here. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I, I don't hate digital theater in the same way that I think some people really hate it. I think it's fun, honestly. I mean, I but. think there's a lot of it that's like really boring. Oh, yeah. But I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that a lot of theater is really boring. <laughs> yep. So I think what kind of saves a lot of theater is the fact that like it's happening right in front of you. So you can't, you know, look at your phone or like, you know, you're just more engaged. As someone who has ADHD, like I am so much more engaged when live theater is happening in front of me. For sure. When I, I mean, I've seen some stuff that's like way more interactive and like utilizes the chat and like leans into the messiness and you know what that stuff is fun and great so i no complaints there absolutely i mean we innovate in times of crisis <laughs> exactly, so exactly anything to keep telling stories uh-huh uh-huh uh well on that note sean how do we know each other we we actually met telling a telling a story <sighs> on stage um well telling someone else's story <laughs> on stage and uh yeah you you came out 
to, I came out to California to do a show at a company I used to work for. And you had just joined them down there. Or actually, you got there after I did. I did. Uh, and uh, we became instant friends. Oh, yeah. Um, no, you were like the first person. It was such a whirlwind. Um, I showed up and it was like the company forgot that I was going to be there. And yeah, that tracks. It was like really like I showed up into rehearsal that first day and like you were really nice to me and everyone was really nice to me. I met Beep. Gonna have to bleep that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I showed up. They forgot that I was gonna be there, and then I was told that I was going to be <laughs> assistant. Damn it! I did it again. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was gonna be bleepity bleep bleeps assistant, and <laughs> uh, it was really chaotic and stressful. And I like dove right into tech. And you had a migraine. Oh, I did. That's right. Bad migraine. Oh, yeah. Oh, that sucked. <laughs> I forgot all about that. You're terrible. Oh, that was so fucking miserable. But I'm really glad we met. <laughs> I'm glad we met. You were so nice to me throughout that whole process. It was great getting to work with you. Um, yeah, you as well. It was It was like, you know, I had, I had few friends from that experience, but the friends I did make, I really liked. So... Hmm. That's fortunate. It turns out it really was the friends you met along the way. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Uh anyway, what uh I had a transition in my head. It just went right out the window. But you're wearing a, a lovely queer cryptid shirt, which I really I like am. and I'm jealous of. You look great. Um Goth Kids for Life. Goth Kids for Life. Um so on that note, uh when you said what you wanted to talk about today, I was really excited because one of my favorite things about doing this podcast is that sometimes I get to be introduced to things that I don't really know that well. One of them being uh, Star Trek, which is what we're talking <laughs> about today. Would you like to elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, sure. Star Trek First Contact. It's the shit, second movie of the Next Generation series. And it came out when I was young. I think I was probably about eight or nine. And I very distinctly remember seeing it in the theater with my dad. I was very excited because even as a small child, one, I like sci-fi, I like nerdy things, but also the entire cast of Next Generation is just fucking hot. They're gorgeous. Every single person is stunning. Yeah, it's uh, it's really unfair, but at the same time, it's great. So I was uh, unknowingly, well, unrealizingly super excited about that. And then, you know, we get, it's like a third of the way through the movie and the Borg Queen shows up and it's just like, well, uh, uh, do I want to be that or do I want to fuck that? Can I do both? I, yeah. And then, and then there's the whole thing with data who I've also had a lifelong, do I want to be that or do I want to fuck that? Um, Brent Spiner, even in, in Independence Day, he plays this scientist and he's got like stubble and like super long hair. And even then I'm like, wow, you're hot. Uh, I mean, you're standing next to Jeff Goldblum, who is, and Will Smith, both of whom are just walking uh, thirst traps. Yeah. <laughs> but, but even still, I'm like, wow. Yeah, I'll braid your hair. <laughs> and, um, oh, my God. Yeah, so I was watching the movie today, and I was, like, watching it, watching it. And, like, I have a lot of skills in this world, and I think I'm smart in a lot of ways. I think that my brain specifically has a hard time with sci-fi. <laughs> so I just, like, my little woman brain was, like, over here, like, what? <laughs> so I'm going to have, I'm going to make you in a moment, like, do kind of a synopsis 
to the best of your ability. Sure. Yeah. So I was like watching. I was like, what? I'm very curious. Like, what did it for Sean? Because I'm not really seeing anything that's horny. And then it was so horny, so fast. It went from zero to a hundred so quickly. And like, she's having that conversation with him. And she's like, does your dick work? And he's like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, oh and they, so they totally bang. Oh, they bang. I mean, they cut away, but they oh, no, they had to have. Sex. They had to have. And then it's, it's implied later that they did bang. Mm-hmm. It is implied later that they did. But so we get, we, oh, the movie begins and it is Patrick Stewart. And he has, it. I would assume, because I haven't seen the movie before, that in the movie before he got like Borgified, assimilated. Uh, it was actually in the, in the television series, oh. he got assimilated. And he was much in the same way that, spoilers, the, the <laughs> Borg queen is an individual. He was, everyone else is, we are the Borg, they're a collective, but he was Locutus of Borg. He had a name and it was this whole thing. And he has a lot of uh, baggage about that that comes out in in that movie yeah um, so he like for sure he wakes up from a dream about his assimilation experience and then he learns that the borgs are gonna go attack earth mm-hmm. and then but he can't his like assignment is to go like do <laughs> fuck off as far fuck away from as, that yeah, as possible exactly yeah. and they're like cool 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 <clears throat> but then like some shit starts to go down and then they're like oh no 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 we have to actually go protect earth actually mm-hmm. so then they go do that and then there's an they time travel yeah and then they meet the uh, farmer from babe the farmer from babe also a thirst trap <laughs> no apologies for that he's so tall he is really tall i mean i would climb that like a mountain oh um, my lord sir uh or gender neutral ter- what is a gender neutral term for sir or lady oh man you know i i I don't, I don't have a good one. People, people ask me, they're like, sir. And they're like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, it, I don't have a better one. I wish so. I, I know. It's like, <laughs> I, I really, really, really adore being called sir. <laughs> yeah. I think it's fun. I mean, it's an honorific and honorifics are fun. Exactly. Um, uh, Lord, lady, duchess, baron. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, so yeah, they try and travel to meet uh, the farmer from Babe, who is supposedly some scientist, but he like is a drunk. And then there's <laughs> Lily, who is really hot. She's there. Yep. <laughs> and then they like go. So then they're on Earth for a little bit. Jonathan Frakes. <laughs> the the walking beard. Um, Jonathan Frakes, LeVar Burton. They're there. The hot lady with the bangs. Also <laughs> there. Um, I, Marina Sirtis, I believe. Thank that, you. I like that, watched yeah. this movie. <laughs> and they're like, oh, okay. So we have to like get this spaceship to do something and then they're going to go to the enterprise so i was really not sure what was going on on earth but they had time traveled (laughs) to earth and they're like great 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 cool 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 we're here we're going to do some science and then patrick stewart gets back to the enterprise and some stuff happens there data meets borg queen and that is when shit gets horny that's when shit gets horny as we've said so borg queen is a a head she like basically floats down from the heavens and she's like i'm a hole sir and (laughs) (laughs) it's and it's oh man it's so that was it's it absolutely started with that because she's floating down and I'm like, okay, this is cool. And her spine is all glowing, but it's undulating. And it's so phallic. <laughs> it is just, it is, uh, it's like, it's it's hentai tentacle porn <laughs> and a 
and a mechanical dick and it's just and then she slots into this body yeah the tits the abs exactly yeah i want to be able to pop my spine out and just drop into whatever body i want like today i want to have like super ripped pecs and a six pack and then tomorrow i want to have cute little tits and it just like it would solve all of the gender dysphoria problems it would oh just, man if you could just like pick the body that your spine plugged into that day right uh, <sighs> i know jealous jealous she also has a very sexy voice yeah who's that actress um, I, I took notes and i left my notepad at home don't remember but i do remember that she plays uh someone fancy and i think it's dune oh that Not makes sense david lynch one but it's uh, alice alice Krieg, Krieg, K-R-I-G-E. K-R-I-G-E. What a name. I know. Um, she look, But she is actually super hot even when she's not in full creepy Borg makeup. I say even as if most people aren't like, she's really hot when she's not in full creepy Borg makeup. No, fuck that. I think people uh, are generally hotter when they're in creepy Borg makeup. Yeah. But I actually just saw her. She's in what? Oh, uh, the OA on Netflix. She's in that as well. She's the... She's a science fiction actor, which I like really respect because that's not an easy genre to act. Oh yeah, Jessica Atreides, Children of Dune. You were right. Another thirst, uh, mm. uh, James McAvoy in in that movie or in that TV series, also in everything, but James McAvoy, another total thirst trap. And he plays young Charles Xavier in the new X-Men movies that Patrick Stewart played. Anyway, um, so many thirst traps. So many thirst traps. Yeah, so you're like nine in the movie theater, you're watching this movie, she comes down from the ceiling, you're with your dad. <laughs> awkward <laughs> uh, but okay so then more stuff happens they like walk around on the ship which is cool then they like go outside in some spacesuits to disengage a thing and <laughs> i know there's yeah, some sort of beacon or i don't i mean that that's a so such an unimportant plot it's point. not important <laughs> but they're but i bring it up because no i didn't need to bring it up their spacesuits look nice um I, their spacesuits do look nice bring it up because their spacesuits look nice but a good reason it is a good reason so then like as like so then like they're then Picard is like, we're not going to abandon the ship. And everyone's like, please let us get off the ship. <laughs> and then, Motherfucker, we are all dying. <laughs> yeah, please like, don't make us die here. And then Hot Lily is like, oh, whatever, Captain Ahab. And then he quotes Moby Dick at her. And, and she's like, I never read that book. And then <laughs> he's like, okay, everyone get off the ship. But I'm going to stay here and be noble. But he goes mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he like sees the Borg Queen and he sees uh, Data. And there we find out that... that, that Borg Queen and Patrick Stewart had a relationship of some mm-hmm. kind that it was more than just subordinate, if you will. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm so stealing that. Yeah, I don't it's, know a, who I'm gonna it's use yours. It on, it's but yours. It's really great. Whenever you need it, it's it's in it's in your arsenal. Uh, <laughs> and then so it's like then it's like oh fun weird love triangle between Picard, Borg Queen, and Data. <laughs> And nine-year-old Sean's, without knowing even that it's a thing, just thinking three, some, three, some, three, some. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're all beautiful. And I think it was, you know, and then so then Data is, you think that he's like following her orders, but he's actually not. And then he saves the day, but he, but half of his face is gone. It's just ripped apart, yeah. Um, there's a very interesting uh, kind of commentary running through this movie about I mean, literal, they use the word assimilation and it kind of like rings very true to like what that is and means. But then also like 
I was so taken by the image of her blowing on Data's skin when she gave mm-hmm. him human skin. I mean, mm-hmm. sexy, very hot, very oh, suggestive sure, yeah. of so much. But like just this idea of like being a person with feelings and sensation and then their use of the word humanity throughout this movie really Mm -hmm. struck me because there's like more than just people like in this movie there's lots of varied species and they use the term humanity to kind of cover that Mm -hmm. and I don't know I was thinking about these things I don't know if you've thought about these things oh I think that's that's actually one of the things that I like I'm one of those weird people who is both a fan of Star Wars and Star Trek in sort of equal proportion but one of the things that I really love about Star Trek is that it is always socially political commentary, all of it. And they do a lot with, you know, race and with politics and with LGBTQ plus stuff, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, but at the same time, it is a little weird to me that we're encapsulating this multi-species, this literal federation of planets. Um, That's what they call themselves, but but it's all humanity, like the humanity of everything. And it it makes a lot of sense when you think about it from like a writing perspective, Mm -hmm. because humans are the ones watching this and we're the ones that we're trying to remind that all of these different things, all of these different people are. But yeah, no, it it is really interesting to me that, you know, they've got, you know, a Klingon wharf with this giant forehead um, (laughs) and, and an android who is, uh, honestly, probably the most human character on the entire in the entire movie and in the entire series, uh, which is probably intentional. But <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's a fascinating conundrum to me, especially thinking about that as, as an adult from a, a gender perspective. In that, you know, it is it is sort of buying into a binary without buying into a gender binary or anything. But it's it's human or not, uh, humane or not. Um, I don't have any answer to that. Well, no, to kind of build on that, I think what it does is like it really centers humans and like mm-hmm. people at the the center of this very broad universe. And I think, mm-hmm. I mean, it in a way that doesn't feel icky in a way that like, yeah. you know, a lot of, you know, when I see things that are very white centric can sometimes feel really icky. But mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you've read the book uh, Ishmael or call me Ishmael. Yeah. Call me Ishmael. Great yeah. Book. So when the gorilla says like human beings center themselves, mm-hmm. they consider them and I, they consider themselves the most important thing. And I really thought about that as they're talking about humanity in the sense that of this blanket term for all like sentient life. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I do, I think that like there's intentionality with that. Like, cause it, again, like people are the ones watching this show, but, and then I, then I think about, you know, everything that's going on right now and how how often like white people really need to like center themselves in conversations of race in order to even understand it. Or like men talking about women's issues, they need to relate to it. Like, oh, I have a daughter. So now I understand. <laughs> right. And it, it, it feels like in a weird way, reinforcing that, but I don't necessarily see an, a way around it. And I do appreciate how political this this movie was Mm-hmm. And also even just the kind of socialist aspect to it. Oh, yeah. There's like, well, yeah, that moment where um, Lily is talking to Picard and she's like, oh, like, you don't get paid. And he's like, no, like, <laughs> the like in 
<laughs> what, what year are they? The twenty, like the twenty fourth century, twenty third. It's the twenty. It's either the twenty third or the twenty. One of those, yeah. and he's like, um. and he's like, we don't strive towards like wealth. That's not like what our society is centered around. And I was like, oh, it's anti capitalist. <laughs> they just want to like work to create a just society. They're they're explorers. Well. I mean, they're military and yeah. they are cops, but <sighs> but the premise of the show, uh, in the in its if you distill it down, is that they are explorers for the sake of exploration and knowledge, um, and they're military because I don't know because they're military because uh, action is exciting or some yeah. bullshit. Where although I would happily watch like an entire two hour movie that's just a collection of all of the like upper level staff from the the starships and all of them just arguing about i don't know anything um i just think it'd be fascinating Um, yeah the social aspect of this movie and i think of every movie i ever watch is just was so fascinating i just i do i have a hard time with action and i think i ran into this problem when i was watching legend of korra recently mm-hmm. i don't know if you are a an avatar the last year oh i loved man. avatar oh my um, god i have so uh, much to say <laughs> <laughs> more thirst traps thirst traps everywhere in the, i think the sixth episode of this podcast we talk about avatar but i kind of want to do yeah. it i want to do it again i kind of want to talk about <laughs> i want to talk about this with everyone i know because i was watching cora and it's oh, like it is interesting that the show is military while also ha- like it's pro-military in a way and then pro-cop mm-hmm. and also has this like socialist edge and i think legend of cora attempts to do the same thing but like kind of fails spectacularly at it <laughs> it is so jarring watching legend of cora in the year of our lord 2020 <laughs> i uh I-, I should rewatch it i haven't I've, I rewatched Avatar when they dropped it on Netflix, um, but I haven't rewatched Legend of Korra, so I should I should do that. It's on the flicks. They dropped it, and now everyone's having opinions. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess my feeling about it is that, well, yes, it's great to have like a a, a lady Avatar. She's like clearly yeah. written, she's clearly written by men, and like as queer people, we deserve better than <laughs> Korra and Asami. <laughs> we deserve better that's how i felt with god is it the is it a pixar movie i haven't seen it but the the update the first gay character in an official oh oh it's a fucking cop the one-eyed monster cop in ah! okay so i was like this i have a funny story about this movie that movie is called forward i think but actually no this is uh editing aurelia and the movie is actually called onward uh and uh, my partner really wanted to watch it because he really likes uh, he he likes he likes fantasy and D and D, and he was like, "Oh, this will be a movie that I think I'll enjoy." I really wanted to watch Coco, and so yeah, so I and I had already like kind of been drunk that day, and I continued to get <laughs> drunker, and this was like early days of the core, and I like couldn't stop before that became the new normal. Yeah, and I like couldn't <laughs> stop shitting on this movie. I was so angry, <laughs> not even just about the cop, not even just about Lena Waithe playing a one-eyed cop that like shows up for a second and like doesn't have any sort of like arc or like importance to the story. But like, I was like, Has, it, he's just pants. The plot of that movie is that the dad is pants. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> I'm not kidding. These kids, like he's like the kid like learns magic and he tries to resurrect his father, but he only succeeds halfway and his dad is pants. 
And they <laughs> and that got greenlit. That got gre- <laughs> Do you ever just like see things that got greenlit and you think about your own creativity and you're like, surely I can find some commercial success? I, I, all the time. Yeah, I watch things. I see like trailers for things. I'm like, huh. <laughs> yeah, but I'm a, an underpaid stage manager and designer. And, but that, that's going to make, you know, a billion dollars. <laughs> cool. Oh my gosh. Great. I- this was so worth it just to catch up with you. I know. One, see your face and bitch. Thank I, you. I'm so I'm so happy to see you. I'm so happy to, to see you too. You. Like truly, and I mean this. Like meeting you is such a highlight of my Marin experience, and I really hope we get to work together again. Oh, me too. Absolutely. I mean, as soon as all this bullshit ends, who knows where I'll end up? So I mean, uh, if you're not doing <laughs> much, I do like a monthly. A drink along Zoom reading of movies teens love and beloved teen movies. Yes, this is great. <laughs> if you would like I, to just uh, help, I desperately need a stage manager for these things. And oh, sure. I yeah, cannot... we can't call me a stage manager because my union will probably get mad, but I'm absolutely happy to help. In I need any an way, actor wrangler. <laughs> there you go. That's great. I mean, it's a whole new world. So it, uh, when I, I'm so considering that when I like send the like initial email to these actors, I want to start it with. One of you will betray me. Don't <laughs> be that guy. Because <laughs> at, at least once, I've had a, a, at least one actor drop every single time. Yeah, I'd love I'd love to help you out with anything. I need um, so much help. <laughs> <laughs> well, I doubt that, but I'd still love to hang out, and therefore I'd love to help. Thank you. Let's talk about Star Trek more. Oh, um, right. Yeah, that's why we're here. <laughs> I had more thoughts. Okay, so the... Existence of like interspecies fucking is implied mm-hmm. by oh yeah this uh, movie, and I would like to know if that is a recurring theme in the Star Trek universe. It is definitely there. I mean, there's a great joke about the original series and Captain Kirk and fucking all of the <sighs> green-skinned ladies. That was the '60s, so it was very much the boot scene. You know, they'd cut to the next, and he'd be pulling his boots on. Um, and then Riker, Will Riker, Jonathan Frakes, uh, <laughs> the the world's most attractive beard. Um, <laughs> and I mean that both in the, uh, anyway. Uh, in both senses, um, all senses of the term beard. All senses of the term. He He's always getting in bed with some new alien chick in the, the series uh, that it's based on. I have questions, but before we talk about that more, I want to ask you if you've seen that video of Jonathan Frakes asking you a bunch of questions and also Jonathan Frakes saying no a Oh, bunch. from the, uh, the, like, believe it or Ripley's Believe It yeah. or Not or whatever fucking version. Yeah. <laughs> no. Didn't happen. It's fiction. <laughs> it's, it's fiction. No. We made this it This one up. didn't happen. <laughs> Yeah, it's great. I saw a tweet that was like, when your friend tries to bring up all, all the things you did when you were wasted the other night. <laughs> Didn't happen. No, it's fiction. Not this time. <laughs> uh, anyway, that is like my like lone context for Jonathan Frakes. So that when I saw him appear in this movie, I was like, oh my God, it's that guy. <laughs> it's the didn't happen. It's fiction guy. <laughs> but I'm glad to know that he fucks. That makes me happy. Oh yeah, in the the very first season he's clean shaven and he's very boyish and very cute and then season two comes around and suddenly he's got a beard and it's like, oh hi. Hello daddy. (laughs) Hello. Daddy Frakes. Absolutely. And then, oh, I just, and then Patrick Stewart started getting a little older. Patrick Stewart has always been hot, but he got a little older and he started cutting his hair a little closer because, you know, he's been balding for 
decades um, <laughs> uh, for half a century really he's been balding and so he started cutting it and then it's just like wow yeah no i'll you can i mean yeah hi hi pat i mean i don't think anyone calls him pat <laughs> you um, do sir stewart uh <laughs> please please god don't be listening to this we went we have the same size shoe really um, the thing the things you learn Oh. Uh, yeah, he did. He was at Berkeley Rep. He and Ian McKellen were at Berkeley Rep to do No Man's Land. Right. And all of my friends, I don't have many friends who don't work for Berkeley Rep or at least didn't work for Berkeley Rep. Not to flex. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, well, I mean, it sounds like a flex, but at the same time, it's literally just that I, I had the great fortune of yeah. making friends who got jobs there. Yeah. And then I, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> it's okay i didn't either but so it, it turns out that we have because i have really weird shaped this is so strange i have weird feet they're very they're short but they're wide and apparently patrick stewart and i wear the exact same <gasps> shoes so i have a pair of shoes that were worn by patrick stewart in a play that's um, amazing wait no right you um, have you have you have weird feet i have weird i have weird feet i have weird hobbit feet they're like <gasps> they're hairy they're wide and they're they're grungy and uh <laughs> they're not as hairy as hobbit feet but um but if you ever meet patrick stewart you can be like we have the same weird feet well i did meet him because i met him on opening night i met him and billy crudup and sir ian mckellen all on opening night of no man's land that's a flex here humble brag and humble brag stole his Um, shoes and i stole his (laughs) shoes no i didn't learn that till years after the fact i was dating the the hair and makeup person at berkeley rep and uh they were like oh wow you you and patrick stewart have the the same size shoe i'm like really she's like yeah we, we've got a pair do you want them <laughs> yes because they i were you know it's like a custom shoe size that your girl does not have the money to be buying custom shoes um so it's one of the few pairs of shoes that are actually like truly comfortable to wear oh my god so thank you patrick stewart i mean our regular our regular listener daddy patrick stewart right. I, yeah uh, i would say that he's like a dignified hot mm-hmm like oh yeah it's very yeah. much the you know when when you want to fuck the ambassador <laughs> is there yes. um and uh, then you know when you want to have just a wild kinky time you have the queen of the borg <laughs> I, yeah i mean i guess i have derailed this so no no no, no, no. So this sorry. is exactly where i want to be um <laughs> i i have i have more questions yeah so okay so we have established interplanetary fucking it happens oh yeah interspecies i mean and then i'm thinking to um i know we talked about avatar the last airbender but to talk about the worst avatar the james cameron avatar oh dear sex looks very different in that universe and i I mean i assume that they wouldn't really talk about it but do they ever like address like perhaps that the 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 species they're trying to fuck has like a different hole there are there are some uh, there's one specific episode that I'm thinking of that deals with gender and uh, genderless, a species of genderless creatures. And then whether or not a romance is possible there. I don't think they really dive into do the holes match, but... Um, That's my own, you know what? Like uh, in a gender binary world, we are obsessed with genitalia and that's God, my really, own, I mean, and are. that's my own stuff. I gotta, I gotta work through. Oh no, but I mean, it's a perfectly reasonable, uh, I mean, 
question, kind of, <laughs> uh, honestly. You know, is, is this even functional? It's like all those people who want to have sex with a mermaid. It's like, okay, but how does how that, does that work? Where does that go? Um, which I guess is also my own baggage in that... You want to have sex with a mermaid. Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> there are... Uh, I'll send you pictures later. My best friend actually got a... I'll send you pictures later. Wow, that sounds wah, really wah. creepy. Um, there's an artist who draws very attractive mermen that my, my best friend Gabriel actually got um, one tattooed. Um, Betsy and Gabriel, they're my two best friends and they could not be more different. Um, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, so very attractive mermen. And then... Oh, I mean, attractive merman, King Triton in Little Mermaid, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know um, if you've listened to the uh, the Balto episode with Devin White, but... Um, no, I don't think I've... I've listened to almost all of your podcasts you. because I absolutely love this podcast. Um but but no, I, I don't I don't remember Balto. So I'll have I, I to mean, find it might have I might be bringing up material that I have cut out of that episode. So it's hard to say <laughs> if like you <laughs> listen to it, you just like have no idea what I'm talking about. But no, he, we talk like King Triton is a thing that I mean, they're not alone in in <laughs> Dad and Daddy Triton being a, a moment for you in time. Oh, I mean, Little Mermaid was great because you have Daddy Triton and then you have Ursula, who is <gasps> also just walking sex or floating sex because octopus but they do a little walking situation yeah they've, they've got their cute little tentacle thing and i mean yeah she could wrap me up anytime oh please be fine justice for yeah. ursula i will say this a thousand times until i die she was right and she had point Fuck yeah and she did nothing wrong justice for her if you breach your contract, you got to pay the consequences of the breach of contract. She was trying to say to Ariel, hey, you know what? Maybe that fucking dick walking around up on the surface isn't worth not having a voice for. And okay, you want to go up there. He's not going to really care about what you have to say. He only cares about how you look. I, mm-hmm. She had points. And maybe, maybe we should all learn that having a voice, being vocal, and having mobility as <laughs> As a femme person, I feel like I learned a lot from Ursula. <laughs> Bless Ursula. Bless Ursula. Uh, also, she's hot. Also, she's hot. <laughs> Thick. <laughs> oh, God, make, man. You were trying to make like a good point, and then I derailed you because I was like, you want to fuck a mermaid. Oh, I mean, uh, what was I? I was talking about gender and... Oh, the, the episode. Yeah, they do. They have a... And then it's this whole thing of this... Um, this woman is uh, from a planet without gender, but she desires a relationship and she feels feminine. She feels she is a woman and this is her truth, but she's from a planet that has no gender and they, the planet doesn't, they think she's sick. They think she's wrong. And it's, I mean, and it hurts to watch, but it's supposed to. You're supposed to sit there and say, oh, that's terrible. And then hopefully you turn around and look at yourself and go, oh, wait, I do that, don't I? Fuck. But then so many people are like, why are you adding politics into Star Trek these <sighs> days in this year of our Lord 2020? And it's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Did you ever watch Star Trek? <laughs> Did you watch Star Trek? That's like this episode uh, so, says trans rights. Like, <laughs> Right, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so that it, it it is a a thing that comes up sometimes in in that uh, in that universe. Mm-hmm. Um, gender, actually, uh, another reason I really like Star Trek, and I didn't realize this until after I watched Star Trek: First Contact, and 
realize that I was trans. <laughs> but uh, thanks, uh, the last unicorn and the Borg queen for Wait. telling me that I'm not a boy. Wait. Oh, you look so excited. Because you said the last unicorn. I might have to have you back to do a spe- like a special episode on the last unicorn. I love it. Because yeah, the, the last unicorn affected me not only as like a queer, but I guess I think a lot about my love of camp and like campy things and how mm-hmm. I want to make like campy art. And I think that really started when I watched The Last Unicorn. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think that movie has a lot of really wonderful, beautiful things about it. And again, like there is this really like subtle, gorgeous trans narrative that is woven through that movie. And also it yeah. is so campy. Oh yeah. And I just like, so I was like talking to my sister and who is arguably like the straightest person in my family. I was raised by two <laughs> lesbians. Like I just don't identify as a woman or a man and I I like everyone and my sister like likes men and like when they were like it's a girl she spent the rest of her life going true and <laughs> so I'm trying to explain camp to her and her husband and sitting there with my gay moms and <laughs> I'm like campus for the girls and the gays and like trying to explain what it is and that's like hard and so I'm trying to read them Susan Sontag's uh, notes on camp and they don't mm-hmm. get it and it's this whole thing they're asking like oh is this camp is this camp is and they're like is super bad camp super bad is surely camp <laughs> 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 it was offended oh, no. oh that hurts I mean I laugh but that hurts so much like, how dare you <laughs> And my sister was like super bad no, yeah. notorious camp film high super camp bad. super bad she was like what it's funny and i was like how dare you my sister my sister just upped her pledge she's gonna like go back to being a, like a low tier patron after i she finds out i'm making fun of her on the podcast <laughs> but no please don't we want the podcast to continue <laughs> I just got a Vimeo account and it costs so much money. <laughs> um, but yeah, support the podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this. Find that do it for you on Patreon. <laughs> also like, subscribe and rate on Apple. Anyway. Yeah, thank um, you. No, that's really helpful actually. I got like really into promoting myself this week and we got a few more patrons. So good. maybe the key is just me being like, I exist. <laughs> said the dust spec. <laughs> oh well horton's out there for all of oh, us so, um. but yeah last unicorn i would love to have you back to talk about last unicorn specifically fuck yeah love to and i mean that movie yeah. literally literally changed my like five-year-old trans child life mm. um mm. and uh uh made me made little 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 baby sean recognized some some things that it took me literal decades afterwards to to truly fully process and come to terms with but um, i mean great movie love to talk love the last unicorn i mean that's what i really that's why i do this podcast even because i i believe that like through the self-reflection of these light bulb moments in our lives that we when we recognize that the moments when we were really tender and vulnerable it helps us be more tender, vulnerable adults and move yeah. through the world in a more compassionate way. And I think what I loved about your move that the movie that you wanted to watch this week was that it really, I felt like it communicated that really wonderfully. And this hmm. idea of vulnerability and humanity being so attractive to 
the Borg woman and like she doesn't actually want everyone to assimilate to be like that. She's drawn to the human and the vulnerable. And like yeah. ultimately it's her downfall, but it is what saves data and it's what saves mm -hmm. Picard ultimately. And I just, I love that. I think that's so great. Oh, it's fantastic. Cause yeah, exactly like you said, it's the, the whole ethos of the board is assimilate. We are all one, we are a collective, but yeah, she is, she is drawn to the individual. She, she wants a, a partner. She wants someone who is as, uh, has as much agency as she does. And sure, maybe she wants to rule over all these little worker bees, um, but, but she wants, I mean, she wants a Locutus of Borg. She wants a Data. She wants someone, and especially Data. There's a whole, like, <laughs> when when Picard shows up at the end, it's so very much the, like, oh, look at my new boyfriend. I know! Uh, oh, my <laughs> God. Like... So, th that scene was so, like, soap opera. I loved it. Yeah. Adored it. It's, it's so, it's delightful. But that's what she wants. And I think, I mean, that's so, that's... That, I mean, that's what I want, you know, you one wants someone who is their equal. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Actually, I would love to have a better personally, but <laughs> because I feel like having a better would grow and then maybe I could hopefully become an equal, but it would, you know, pull me up. Uh, but that's a lot of pressure to put on another person. So instead I look for an equal. You should, <laughs> you should look for an equal that encourages you to be better, if that makes right, sense. Yeah. Someone um, who, who wa you want to go to therapy for is... <laughs> I'm putting that on my Tinder profile. <laughs> Looking for someone. Looking for I... someone I want to go to therapy for. Um, right? That's, I, I, you're, there are no lies detected. That is absolutely true. <laughs> oh, this has been amazing. Sean, we do have to start wrapping up, but I have two more questions left for you. One yeah. will be a bit of a longer question. The other is real short. So for the longer question, did your family ever have the talk with you? <laughs> um. Did my family ever have the talk with me? The closest thing I remember, they didn't really have the talk, but my mother and my stepfather sat my brother and I down when I was, I must have been four. So Kieran was maybe two at that point. And, oh, no, 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 it couldn't have been. I must have been five at least. So Kieran was maybe three at that point still. <laughs> absurdly, uh, absurdly young, my baby brother. Not to have the talk, just young yeah and we watched this cartoon it was like a 30 minute cartoon that explained how sex worked and well, how how hetero sex right, right let's be very clear um i am i am a hashtag old and therefore <laughs> The, there was no such thing as as non-heterosex when I was getting the talk. But yeah, we watched this cartoon. Uh, and I will say, I don't remember much about this cartoon, but I appreciate the fact that what I do remember is the two, the man and the woman they had, they were not like super attractive Barbie and Ken type. They were they looked like real people. So I, I appreciate that in retrospect. But I think that was really the talk mm. that I got. And there was a like question and answer period afterward, maybe. But I don't think I asked any questions. <laughs> I mean, it was informative. I did after that know exactly how heterosex worked and and how people ended up with kids so yeah was it like uh, geared at reproduction or did it talk about sex for pleasure at all or i i think it was mostly geared toward reproduction it was sort of the same as my like grade school primary school <laughs> uh sex ed and that it was it was really truly like they didn't really talk about sex for pleasure 
I th- later in my life, I had conversations with my mother about sex as a pleasurable thing, as something people do for fun and because it's enjoyable as opposed to specifically to have a child. But that was long after it was assumed on both parts that I knew everything there was to know about sex. I mean, you saw uh, the video. I saw the video. Uh, <laughs> spoiler alert, I did not at that point know everything there was to know about sex. No! And someday I hope to know everything that there is to know about sex. But until that day, I am still here to learn. Oh, wow. Amazing. On on that note, my last question is, Sean, did that do it for you? Oh, that absolutely did it for me, really. Yeah. Well, that did it for me. Hope that did it for you. Thank you so much for listening. That Do It For You is hosted and edited by Aurelia Grierson to the best of their ability. It is produced by Dante Tapo and Chandler Parrott-Thomas. Eleanor Hobson is our media and marketing manager. Our theme song is by Eric Solis, and our visual design is by Margaret Chambers. That Do It For You is a sex-positive podcast with naughty words and mentions of characters I do not own. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at That Do It For You. Be sure to tell your friends about us, rate and review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, and if you're interested in becoming a monthly donor, you can go to patreon.com slash that do it for your pod to join our horny little community.